When it's time to seed grass, fertilize turf, or add a pop of color to your yard, Blaine's Farm and Fleet's got you covered with unbeatable deals on lawn and garden essentials. Find value on everything you need in-store or online at farmandfleet.com. She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ah, it's a good day. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, checking in with us this morning. Everybody's starting to keep an eye on what's happening with development of our crops. Yeah, we're still worried about the dry weather for some areas of the United States, but now it is about the fact that corn is actually delayed a little bit as far as development and our soybeans moving along. Maybe folks planted beans earlier than corn. Is that what's coming to bear? We'll talk about it with John Heinberg. So glad you're along with us. I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. Weather-wise for today, we're going to start picking up a little of that heat that many folks in western Wisconsin and northwest Wisconsin started feeling yesterday. Today, looking for daytime highs around 81 degrees under cloudy skies. Tomorrow, it looks like we're going to get a little bit of snap and pop in the forecast. Thunderstorms possible tomorrow afternoon, 86 the expected high. Stumacher Ag Meteorologist has those weather details you're looking for coming up. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. It won't be long and more century and sesquicentennial farms will be added to the list here in Wisconsin. Bob Bosel at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And Pam, I don't think a lot of people realize how long that list is getting, but it's very impressive when a farm has been in in the same family for that many years. Absolutely, Bob. Fabulous. Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And of course, we again this year, the Midwest Farm Report, helping to tell the story of those families because uh, they get some recognition at the Wisconsin State Fair, but they really don't uh, get what I think is due them. Like you said, how hard is it for any business, regardless of what it is, how hard is it for them to last 50 years, 80 years? A hundred years. Well, here in Wisconsin, we are celebrating those century and sesquicentennial farms. The Century Farm Program in Wisconsin started in 1948. Right now, there's nearly 10,000 century farms that are dotted across the state of Wisconsin. The sesquicentennial recognition started in 1998 and has honored over 800 properties. I talked about it with Jill Albanes. She is the coordinator for the Century Sesquicentennial Recognition at the Wisconsin State Fair Park. Now, that event is going to be held on Tuesday, August 10th, 
at State Fair Park, starting off with a breakfast that will bring families from across the state together to recognize their celebrations. I asked Jill to give me a little bit of an update. Now that things are green-lighted for the Wisconsin State Fair, what are they doing at the grounds right now? We've uh, ordered about 40,000 plants. Almost all of them are in the ground already. Today is taken for all of our textiles and crafts, along with all of our record number of photos. We have over 2,500 photos coming in today, and then we'll be judging next week. So things are ramping up quickly. And we're going to see all those things at State Fair Park, will we not? Yep. That, uh, all the photos and textiles and crafts will be in Grand Champion Hall, ready for your viewing pleasure at 11 o'clock in the morning till 9 at night. Yeah, and that's one thing that we do have to factor into our plans, the adjustments on ours. Uh, but really, overall, it seems like the Wisconsin State Fair is going to be very much the same as it was in 2019, doesn't it? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Exhibitors are so excited to be here. It's great to see them back. And vendors are setting up already, getting things going. It's the Fair Park is starting to jump already. It's awesome. Loving it. I'm so loving it. Now, one item that uh, unfortunately did not have a chance at celebration because of the pandemic was the Century Sesquicentennial Farmstead celebrations. Now, we did what we could to elevate those stories uh, through the Midwest Farm Report Network. But, Jill, the good news is that we're back on when it comes to the celebration. Tell me a little bit about how applications came in. I mean, uh, you were still collecting data while we were still in the pandemic. Uh, tell me a little bit about the trends you saw as far as Century and Sesquicentennial applications this year. Well, we've got a, another great set of honorees. We've got 8,700 year farms being honored this year, and we have 2,750 year farms being honored this year. So our 150 year number is a little higher than normal, and we're just slightly lower for those 100 year farms. But no matter what, it's a huge accomplishment and we're excited to have them come to the fair on Tuesday, August. I believe it's the 10th, mm-hmm. uh, and for the breakfast program. Yeah, now let's talk a little bit more about that, what people can expect, because for many of these families, this is a once-in-a-lifetime experience uh, memory maker. Give them a little rundown on what happens that morning, because as you're pointing out, there are a lot of elements happening every day at Wisconsin State Fair. Yep. So we'll actually start our breakfast program at 8 o'clock in the morning, and then we'll go from there. We'll have a sit-down meal sponsored by Hillshire Farms, and from there, then we'll go to some programs. At 8.30, we'll have speakers from the Secretary-Designee of Agriculture will be speaking. Then we'll have our board chairman, our CEO, a whole lineup of folks, Allison Dairyland, Ferris to the Fair. Then we... After all of that, then we go into the county roll call where we read every single farmer's name and their city for the county roll call by county. So that's a big deal. Once that's finished, then we do the family photos, and those are the ones they get um, they get mailed to their home in a, right after Labor Day, and those are the ones that you'll sometimes see in the local newspapers. Right. So that's a great event. Yeah, we're we're so looking forward to it face-to-face. Now, that's the unfortunate part uh, for the honorees that were a part of the 2020 uh, roll call. Not a lot of fanfare last year for them. Are they going to be incorporated or acknowledged at all this year, Jill? So that's a great question. So what we're doing is we're also doing uh, each family's going to get the four tickets that they would have gotten to last year's fair. They're going to get four tickets to come any day, whatever fits best in their schedule. 
to come to the Wisconsin State Fair and just explore the fair on their own and celebrate. Yeah, that's about as, about as much as you can do. You are people have to understand uh, you are limited by the footprint of State Fair Park on the number of people that really can be accommodated for this particular event, right? Yeah, normally the crowd last year would have been about 650 for breakfast, and that's pretty much tops out our tent size because we put two together for this event. And then this year's farm breakfast is going to be a little smaller, um, but we'll still have 450 people for breakfast, and that's going to be that'll fill the tent nicely. Well, and we also want people to know that, uh, again, Jill Albanese, along with us from uh, Wisconsin State Fair, she is one of the coordinators for the Century Sesquicentennial Farmstead Recognition that happens every year at State Fair Park. This year, we're happy that it's back face-to-face. And people, again, you talked about it at the very beginning. You're already getting in entries and judging entries that will be on display for State Fair Park. So a lot of advance work goes into the Wisconsin State Fair. And when it comes to the Century Sesquicentennial Farms, you folks had to evaluate and, uh, and, and verify all of those farms' Century Sesquicentennial Farms data back in the end of March, beginning of April, didn't you? Yeah, so the entry deadline was March 1st, and we had a few trickle-ins slightly after that. Um, so they all get verified, and then we send the honorees their information. They've already gotten an RSVP card to see how many people they need that will be coming for the breakfast. And our next mailing goes out shortly with the tickets and further directions about what gate to come in and all of the fair details. For people that have never heard of this before, Jill, how complicated is it to have your farmstead, your homestead, recognized as a century sesquicentennial mark? Uh, how difficult is the paperwork? What do you really ask of them? Okay, that's a great question, Pam. It's not that difficult. All you have to do is your county, then you have to show how the farm has passed from one generation to the next, show, uh, including the dates of transfer. So when Grandpa bought the property, you need the month, day, and year. Then when he passed it to the next generation and then on the next generation. So if you have those dates, it's not very difficult to fill out. It's a one-page application, front and back side. And most people sometimes get help from their county um, register of deeds or different sources can help them in addition. And I imagine if uh, your family's already looking at 2022 as your magical year for 100 years or 150 years in the same family, might as well get started on the paperwork now. I'm assuming you'll pretty much start opening up for applications shortly after the state fair? Yeah, normally it goes out in about November, and then they're always due by March 1st of the next year. Excellent. Well, keep the energy level up there, kid. You've got a little ways to go before we all show up. Well... Come on down right now if you want. No, <laughs> no, it's going to be a great fan. We're looking forward to seeing everyone. And that's 20... yeah, that's that. We we reciprocate exactly. We can't <laughs> wait to get there either, Jill. Jill Albanes joining us from Wisconsin State Fair Park. Like we said, everybody excited to return for all the face to face celebrating and uh, activities, including the celebration of those homestead farmsteads that have hit the 100-year or 150-year mark. As Jill pointed out, that will happen the morning of Tuesday, August 10th at State Fair Park in West Dallas. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Farm Director Pam Yonke. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
Landscape Envy? That's what you create when you add Kalani Wash Decorative Stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. Shopping for that special someone can be hard. You want to make sure that gift is perfect. Jewelry is always a great go-to because it lasts forever. Place to go, Goodman's Jewelers. They have the best prices, something for every budget. They have incredible quality jewelry, one-of-a-kind pieces, diamonds, engagement rings, traditional and modern styles, and you can customize your own. Something for a Badger Packer fan? Goodman's Jewelers has it. A true icon in Madison, the city's oldest full-service jewelry store, is your family. Goodman's Jewelers. Exciting news. Hi, I'm Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. We have spent many hours combing through our prices and we are proud to announce that The Healthy Place now has the lowest prices you'll find in the nation on all of your favorite products. In fact, I'm so sure you can't find a lower price, I'll give you a $50 gift card if you do. Just shoot me an email, tim at findyourhealthyplace.com and share the product you found. Our mission is to help you find your healthy place, and we never want cost to be a barrier in your health journey. The Healthy Place is committed to providing high-quality supplements and vitamins at the most competitive prices in the nation. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup, or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County, free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. You can hear her clearly, even in a barn full of cows. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke. It's Stephanie Hoff in for Pam Yonke today with your weather report. We've got Stu Muck, our egg meteorologist this morning. Stu, last night was a perfect night to get outside, hang out with some neighbors, and uh, sit by the fire because it was cooler than normal. Uh, so cool even that you weren't even getting bug bites. Is, but I understand that's not supposed to stay. Out in my backyard kind of ruined what I was trying to do, but you know, a little extra swatting, we're all good. But you're right, the conditions were fantastic. It was great to be out and about. You know, if we're enjoying it, you know, it's great for the livestock, it's a break for them. And we have another pretty fine day like that again. It does warm up a little more. Yesterday, yes, we were a little bit cooler than normal. But today we'll be back to about normal, if you will, in the lower 80s for a lot of highs and then mid-60s overnight, more like normal. And unfortunately, I do have to start talking about precipitation. With a low-pressure system off to our southeast this morning, a few sprinkly showers are right up the Lake Michigan shoreline. Some of that activity may still be as far west as Janesville or Beloit, but most of it right up along the lakeshore and way up into far northeast Wisconsin as well. Really light rain. You know if it's a hundredth of an inch or so, that's about all there's going to be. But some of that activity in the east will mean some clouds around this morning. In the west, we don't have that. Just a little patchy fog. And all in all, not a bad day coming up. Fine summertime weather as those temps do warm up. And it really means good growing weather for those crops in the fields. But we're going to watch low pressure and a front begin to drop in out of the northwest. 
That low still northwest of Minnesota, but it will start to drop southeast, bringing a cool front our way. And as it does that, we can expect that there will be some chance of rain, a possibility for almost all of us Wednesday afternoon, a small chance, a little scattered hit or miss type shower or a very isolated storm could pop up. Rain becoming a little more likely as we head through Wednesday night and on into the day Thursday. And by that time through Wednesday night into Thursday, maybe lingering to Thursday night in the east, we may talk about rainfall amounts upwards to an inch, could even be an inch and a half with some thunderstorms. So a pretty good shot of rain. And that's going to be around, especially Wednesday night or on into the day Thursday. Those temperatures cool a bit with the rain Thursday and Friday. And then warming up again for the weekend, back to normal again. Low and mid-80s right on through Saturday, Sunday. A lot drier and sunnier for the weekend and early next week. Some extended guidance, though, says there's even warmer air. All right, I'll say hot air that could start to push its way up in here in a couple of weeks. That's one we'll kind of keep in the back of our minds and watch because that heat will eventually start to make its way in. Before we go there, though, I'll talk about our forecast, another fine summer day right after this. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Rural Mutual Insurance is a proud sponsor of the Wisconsin State Fair. As a thank you for your support, they're giving away State Fair tickets. Visit RuralMutual.com win and enter to win State Fair tickets. Keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. Hey, Stu, Stephanie Hoff back here with uh, Stu Mock, our ag meteorologist today. Stu, you said we're going to get some rain. Is any of this going to be severe? Well, I don't know if I'd call it severe. You know, there could be some localized heavy rains in a thunderstorm, some strong winds, and uh, this time of the year you could see a little hail. Let's hope that doesn't develop. But again, keep that in mind, I think, not until late Wednesday or Wednesday night into Thursday. Today, a few sprinkles in the east, some patchy fog. Otherwise, sunshine on western Wisconsin all day. The mostly sunny skies will develop in the east as we head through the day. Not uncomfortable. In fact, low 80s for all of us with a northwest breeze only about 5. Overnight, we stay clear. Pretty fine night, mid-60s. Southwest winds at 5 to 10. Mostly sunny Wednesday, a small chance for a scattered afternoon shower or an isolated thunderstorm. Still pretty fine, heading in the mid or a few upper 80s, especially in western Wisconsin. South winds about 5 to 10. And then Wednesday night into Thursday, showers, even some thunderstorms. Those rain amounts, upwards of one or even an inch and a half. We'll be watching that and hopefully have a better pinpoint for tomorrow. Mostly cloudy skies with some of that rain Thursday. Upper 70s, maybe an 80 at La Crosse, cools off with that moisture around. South winds 5 to 15, becoming west later Wednesday, and we start drying it out then, Stephanie. Upper 70s, maybe around 80 Friday, sunny and in the 80s for the weekend. That sounds like a great time to go to the county fair this weekend then. 
it should make weekend activities <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's Stu Muck again with our, he's our egg meteorologist with our forecast for today. Stu, thanks for being here. You betcha. Have a good one. You got to talk. Oh. <laughs> well, I'll be at the county fairs this weekend. Um, let's see. We got Fond du Lac going right now. The, the Darlington starts this weekend. And the Dane County Fair as well. So we'll see you there. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. The Wisconsin Army National Guard can help you get the education you need to help you land the career you've always wanted. The Wisconsin Army National Guard provides up to 100% tuition reimbursement at any school in Wisconsin or Minnesota, access to the GI Bill, or up to eight semesters at any UW system school or technical college, even after service is complete. Learn more about the many benefits that come with serving part-time. Visit NationalGuard.com today. Sponsored by the Wisconsin Army National Guard, aired by the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association and this station. You rarely think about it, and it often goes unnoticed, until your basement or building floods. A reliable sump pump can be a lifesaver, preventing flooding by detecting water levels and pumping the water back outside, away from your home or business. If your sump pump isn't functioning, contact your friends at Benjamin Plumbing. They can replace your existing sump pump, floats, and check valves. They'll even upgrade your current system to include a battery backup system the battery makes sure your system continues to work in the event of a power outage. Away from home, receive pump activation alerts on your smart device. Enjoy peace of mind and improve the value of your property with an upgraded sump pump from Benjamin Plumbing. Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at BenjaminPlumbing.com. Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business. Benjamin Plumbing. What have we here? Crackers. At least I think they are. They're in a cellophane wrapper. There are two of them. Crackers always travel in pairs. They snap like crackers. Crumble like them, too. Nine out of ten cracker eaters would give them a positive ID. But these aren't crackers. They're dinner. Jim Crevix for five days straight. There are people like Jim all across Madison. And because the need is there, so are we. This year, we'll supply people like Jim over $950,000 in food through Dane County's busiest food pantry. Just one part of the more than $1.4 million in clothing, shelter, furniture, and other goods and services we provide. We're St. Vincent de Paul, helping our neighbors in need. If you've been injured, an insurance company may tell you their offer is final. At Clifford and Rihala, our experienced attorneys often find that so-called final offers are unfair. In one recent case, our client suffered a traumatic brain injury and spinal fractures. The insurance company made a final offer. We told them our client deserved much more. We then assembled our team of doctors including a brain injury specialist who has worked with an NFL football team here in the Midwest. Clifford and Rihala proved our experience and commitment to getting clients the justice they deserve. And the result? While every case is different, that insurance company paid our client a settlement nearly two times the amount of their original final offer. 
for relentless dedication to helping you and your family choose Clifford and Rihala, hardworking, skilled attorneys fighting for you. For justice, myjustice.com. We were looking to replace our aluminum siding on our old house. We ended up going with Prairie Exteriors. We had them come out and give us an estimate. I was just impressed with their service. They had siding samples. Their pricing was really reasonable. It looks amazing. Improve the look and value of your property with one of the area's highest rated exterior companies, Prairie Exteriors. Prairie Exteriors, now that's impressive. PrairieExteriors.com Looks phenomenal. Did you suffer a loss from the recent wind or hailstorm only to be let down by your current insurance company? When other companies offer you only one solution, Madison's Prairie Land Insurance Agency offers you a wide array of personalized, affordable options. Is your current policy really the best? Talk to Prairie Land Insurance Agency, your local, independent, home and auto insurance agency. For your free insurance review, call 251-3009, Prairie Land Insurance Agency. Our best is the very least we can do. At Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie, they transform materials that improve your everyday life. Their global technologies create innovative products and solutions with specialized molecules that make housewares more practical, medical devices more durable, cars and buildings safer, and so much more. In short, their products matter because their employees do. Eastman Chemical is always attracting, developing, and retaining a diverse workforce. Look for your career opportunity at EastmanChemical.com. Apply online at EastmanChemical.com. Hey, Andrew, I mean, do we need to reevaluate the Milwaukee Brewers entering the All-Star break here as they lose three in a row to the Cincinnati Reds? Like, what the hell was – we were uh, going on and on about how terrible the uh, umpire crew has been uh, over the weekend, but also how bad the offense was and what the hell is going on with Josh Hader. What's the, what's the biggest issue right now for the Brewers going into the All-Star break? I don't really know if, if there's an issue per se. I mean, listen, you look at that slate of games that they had to close out the break. Uh, and it, I, I was trying to do the math here. And, yeah, I know that they won 11 in a row, then they lost uh, 6 of 8. Okay, so fine. You know, it's not good optics, but you have to like where they're at in terms of the standings. Yeah, you got a four-game question, sure, it could be a little bit bigger right now. But, you know, if, if I would have told you at the beginning of the season, Christian Yelich wasn't going to hit a lick. Uh, Low Kane was going to play a handful of games and be on the IEL. Colton Wong was going to go on the IEL three times. Keston Hira wasn't going to hit. Travis Shaw was going to go down for almost the entire season. But they're going to go into the break up four games. I think you would take that. Yeah. You know, you, you got to look at the baseball is one of those things you got to look at the big picture. Um, I think they're okay, and I'm not even the least bit concerned about Josh Hader. I mean, the guy had been just perfect up until this weekend whoops that was my alarm telling me to get up for uh didn't even hear show. it yeah yeah sorry about that anyway hey, um, i'm glad that you would have been four minutes late i appreciate that well that was the, the <laughs> i just i'm just messing with you <laughs> but yes josh hater you're not concerned about him just like i'm not concerned no, about I, you I, ever I, missing I me be, i mean he, he's a he, exactly he's a closer man like you name me a closer that's gone through an entire 162 game season without giving up a run you know at all um, and again, if you would look at Josh Hader's numbers overall, instead of just on a micro level looking at it over the last three games, I think he would take it. You know, it, it's, it's, they're playing good baseball. They played bad baseball over the weekend. They had a rough weekend offensively, but the Reds do have good pitching. And that's something we've known about all year. It's not an excuse. It's not saying, oh, well, you know, it just happens. 
if, if you look at the overall body of work, I think they're in a good position for the second half moving forward. Andrew Wagner joining us right now. Before we, uh, you know, pick your brain a little bit about uh, the five All Stars now for the Milwaukee Brewers, I got to get your take on five. Five. Incredible. Five. But before that, what did you think of that Yelich ejection on Saturday? Was was Yelly? Did he make a move to second base and it was the right call, or uh, do I have the uh, the Homer glasses on saying no, no, Yelich should have been safe at first? You know, I really can't tell. I went back and I watched it a couple times, and I really can't tell. I, I tell you, what I'm more impressed about in that entire thing, like, let's tip the cap to Quentin Berry, first base coach. Like, I've never seen Yelich like that before. Uh, Same. And, and I thought he was going to take the umpire down. Like, Quentin Berry played defense. He kept Yelich away so well that, like, the Bucks should have signed him as a defensive stop because they haven't played <laughs> defense that good. Like, all of a sudden, Yelich loses it. You think he's about to drop this, and Barry's right there, knowing like he very well may catch a haymaker, but like close to him because that could have gotten silly real fast. So Yelich says uh, like something along the lines of that's you know bleeping bleep. You've been bleeping us all series, and then Onora comes in and like says something, and Yelich tells him to f off. Uh, the, does Yelich have something to stand on here? Does this? Um, now I'm not blaming the umpires for the. Uh, the crew losing three in a row, but that was uh, Rowdy went on a tirade earlier today about it, and the scorecards came out from Major League, the Major League Baseball scorecard, you know, Twitter account, and that was a very unsavory series for the umpires. Can we blame the umps for this series at all, Andrew? You know, I, I, and I, I've been pretty good about this throughout my career. I will rarely, if ever, point to umpires or officials or referees for costing a game because there are always things you can do as a team. To, to take it out of their hands. But this weekend was just bad. And I, I, I agree with what Craig Council said about it. You know, it, it's not so much that they were complaining. It was, it was who was doing the complaining. Because the guys that were jawing, the guys that were upset, are not guys that you normally see getting upset about bad calls. They take this in stride. But some of those ball strike calls were just egregious. And some of those calls on, on, on the out in the field were ridiculous. That was bad. That was so bad. You know, Angel Hernandez is texting guys, these guys saying, how the hell do you guys have jobs? <laughs> like, that was by far the worst umpiring I have seen in a Major League Baseball game, and I've done this 20-some-odd years. Because we know your barn smells like money. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Money, money, money. That's what it's all about. We're talking with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Before we wrap it up on a Tuesday, of course, the Crop Progress Report's on the top of minds as many traders are watching that. And uh, we'll also find out what's happening with outside markets like crude oil. That's what he was talking about last week. John Heinberg joining us live in just a little bit. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today is the 13th day of July. Here's a dandy for you. On this day in 1936... Wisconsin recorded its hottest temperature on record to date, but I think it's pretty close to record-breaking even today. It was in Wisconsin Dells. They had temperatures reaching 114 degrees. Now think about that. They've been talking about how the Pacific Northwest has temperatures over 100, uh, Arizona over 100. Now imagine Wisconsin at 114 degrees in 1936 before air conditioning. 
Uh-huh. No wonder it's on the record books. On this day in 1985, the Live Aid Benefit concert was performed. Artists from all around the world came together. But do you remember what the money or what the cause was for Live Aid? It was about the famine in Ethiopia. A billion people tuned in. They raised millions of dollars that benefited those being impacted by the famine in Ethiopia on this day in 1985. Here's another fun one. On this day, 1937, Krispy Kreme Donuts was founded. Kentucky and Vernon Rudolph had that donut company idea on this day in 1937. And happy birthday to actor Harrison Ford. Indiana Jones, 79 years young today. And now you know. Well, we're keeping an eye on what's happening with Wisconsin's crop progress. The latest update from the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service shows that our corn is just a little bit behind. Only about 5% of our corn has reached the silking stage. That's three days behind last year, one day behind our five-year average. But the good news is, with the moderate weather that we've been enjoying, farmers' confidence in the crop remains pretty strong. 77% of our corn called good to excellent. That's two percentage points better in just a week's time. Soybeans, 52% are blooming. That's two days behind last year, but seven days ahead of our five-year average. And right now, about 11% of our soybeans are setting pods. That's right on average. 73% of our Wisconsin soybeans are rated good to excellent. That's another two percentage point increase in a week's time. What else is happening out there? Right now, we've got about 93% of our wheat that's turning color. I did see that we have some wheat that's harvested, uh, about 9%. That's eight days ahead of last year. And 76% of our winter wheat rated good to excellent. Potatoes, that's moving along. 1% of the potatoes have already been harvested. And as far as oats, 2% of that already harvested. So that's our field crops. You know, another crop that we want to keep an eye on is our Wisconsin apple crop. Uh, We've been kind of monitoring that because they were at a critical stage of growth earlier this year when we saw that uh, light frost freeze come in in some areas. So let's find out what's happening with our apple crop. Stephanie Hoff has more. This week, apple growers statewide got together for an annual field day. This was an opportunity for growers to ask questions, learn from the experts, and talk with other growers. Munchkey Apples of Mount Horeb hosted the event. One of the key topics, irrigation from Munchkey's own Brad Tish. I had really zero experience when it came to how we should set up this irrigation. We went from, uh, just to give you a little perspective, we went from being able to uh, water three trees an hour to be able to water three blocks of trees, which is over half the orchard. So uh, I'm just going to share my experience and because I think there's a lot of growers out there, especially the new ones that are probably in the same boat we were in. Is irrigation something that's been on people's mind this spring and summer? Oh my gosh, especially with the spring we had. I mean, we we, we lucked out when uh, this spring Prior to really the drought coming in, we said, I think this is the year we're going to put in a new irrigation well. And uh, the fact that we did it and then we had the dry spring that we had, it, it worked out It worked out perfect. And then, you know, we're, we're happy beyond belief in terms of how it's actually turned out. Uh, one of the irrigation specialists we worked with said it, said it perfectly when he said, the way you were doing things, you were a slave to the irrigation, meaning my wife would be out here every hour turning off valves, turning on valves. Now we're the masters of it. Turn off half, turn on half the orchard at one time, come back a few hours later, turn the other half on. So it's we're no longer slaves. 
So, Brad, how did the weather this spring and early summer impact your apple crop? So, yeah, let me uh, let me correct my statement. We were lacking water, but the dry weather conditions are perfect for apples. Dry, hot weather. So, if you have irrigation, then it was a great it was a great apple season. If you look at our apples now, I mean, I know you can't see it via the radio, but I tell you, we've had one, we've had one of the best apple crops in terms of the size of the apples uh, than what we had in previous years. So, we really have some nice apples, and I really uh, credit the irrigation. Is spring the key season for apples, or how does the summer have to look for these apples to grow? It's all it's all it's all growing season. I mean, from the spring to the summer to the I mean, where you really kind of curtails off is uh, you know when you start getting into the fall. At that point in time, your apples are pretty well set. And you think you'll be well set? I, I think we'll be well set. I think it'll be a nice, another banner year. So we're, we're, we're really looking. I mean, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, hail is our is our enemy. So if we can prevent, you know, the real excess weather, per se, uh, then we'll be, we'll be in good shape. Again, that's Brad Tish of Munchkey Apples. Munchkey Apples is a family-run apple orchard with close to 9,000 trees. They planted their first trees in 2011. They hosted the Wisconsin Apple Growers Association Field Day at their farm about 30 minutes southwest of Madison in Mount Horeb. And for the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Stephanie Hoff. This is all about making a difference for those we serve. Countryside and Landmark are now a single cooperative that's all about being passionate, innovative, and going all out for members, customers, and each other, and all in on your continued success. Nothing will keep us from giving it our all, all day, every day, with the right solutions all the time. We are all Civia, and we are all together now. Learn more at ALCIVIA.com. Compeer Financial helped us get into our forever home. They helped me expand more than acreage. And helped our dairy grow for the next generation. At Compeer Financial, we see potential in every plan. Our focus on exceptional client experience is at the heart of everything we do. And our financial team will help make every step easy and convenient. See why our clients trust us to make their goals possible. Compeer Financial ACA is an equal opportunity lender and equal opportunity provider. And MLS number 619731, copyright 2021, all rights reserved. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Hey, don't forget, I'm looking forward to seeing some of you this Saturday for the annual Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade that's held in conjunction with the Dane County Fair. Anybody that's got a tractor, I don't care what color, what shape it's in, you are welcome to join us for the free tractor parade. I'll get you in the Dane County Fair. I'll also buy you lunch. Just make sure that your tractor is ready to go behind the Alliant Energy Center in Madison, that back parking lot, by 11 a.m. this Saturday. Farm Bay Boogie Tractor Parade back with the Dane County Fair. Lots of fairs for you to consider this week. We've got the Dane County Fair that's happening starting on Thursday. Fond du Lac County Fair in Fond du Lac is already underway. La Crosse Interstate Fair in West Salem. Lafayette County Fair down in Darlington. Sauk County Fair in Baraboo. I'll be there with uh, their youth livestock auction on Saturday. A lot of different county fairs that are out there for you to tap into. 
Markets and overnight electronic trade are mixed on a Tuesday morning. December corn's down two and three quarter cents at five thirty and a quarter. We've got November soybeans up just three quarters of a cent at thirteen fifty one, while September wheat's down six at six thirty four and three quarters. Barrel cheese yesterday was up six at one sixty four. Forty pound black cheese gained a penny and closed at one seventy three and a half. Double A butter on Monday up two and a quarter cents at one sixty nine and three quarters per pound. The August milk is down a nickel at seventeen eighty currently. September milk up a nickel currently sitting at eighteen eighty. We're going to talk about it all. What's happening with the markets? John Heinberg's got the answers next. Can't get enough farm news? The stories you hear and more 24-7 at MidwestFarmReport.com. Stay tuned as we'll be right back. Stock up and save on all your summer farm essentials with a trip to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, where you'll find feed, farm supplies, hardware, auto parts, and a whole lot more, like six-rail utility gates from Balin, now 10% off. Stock up on Lincoln Sizeall Baylor Twine, available in 7,200, 9,000, or 16,000-foot rolls, now $2 off. Keep your barn cool with a 24-inch portable tilt fan from Ventomatic, on sale $119.99. Pick up an X-Block two-speed clipper from Wall, on sale $169.99 and get rapid relief from flying barn pests with CV80D fly spray. A 25-ounce aerosol can, now two for $25. Plus, check out this great doorbuster deal. Take $5 off 20-pound bags of Taste of the Wild grain-free or ancient grain dog food. Find your must-have items in-store or buy online and pick up in our convenient drive-thru. Now, if you order by noon, try our new same-day local delivery option. That's genuine value from Blaine's Farm and Fleet. Oh, you know me. Easy come, easy go. Tomorrow's another day. What's the big hurry? Are you kidding me? I have the patience of a goldfish. When I get an idea in my head, I like to let it simmer. Now, a whopper. Good thing Lazy Boy in Madison has a warehouse full of furniture ready to deliver. Good things come to those who wait. Am I right? No, you're not right. There's a coffee table at Lazy Boy and I have room for it in my living room now. Fine wine, a fresh bread, a chocolate souffle. But where are you going to sit and enjoy it? Lazy Boy has chairs, tables, and sofas in the store right now. Take time to smell the roses. That's what I always say. And I say a new vase and a new end table are a great way to enjoy those roses. Great looking furniture ready to deliver from Lazy Boy. Lazy decorators love Lazy Boy home furnishings and decor Madison. East Springs Drive near East Town Mall. Connecting producers and consumers one story at a time. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All right, as promised for our Tuesday morning, we want to get you started with all the knowledge you need as far as the markets and what's driving them. Joining us this morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Don't forget their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and the toll-free number, 800 Three three four ninety seven seventy nine. John, I want to start off instead of just completely diving in on corn and beans, etc. Let's talk about what's going on with the livestock. Last Friday, U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack was in Council Bluffs, Iowa, announcing a five hundred million dollar grant program targeted at expanding our meat and poultry processing capacity, and another one hundred and fifty million in grants for the small and very small processors. Did the meat industry pay any attention to that at all? What's going on with beef and pork? 
Well, that's going to be a little more of a longer term story in my mind in that uh, expanding capacity. Obviously, it could be something we'll have to kind of keep an eye on. You know, we do have a couple other beef plants uh, in the process of getting built that uh, could come online here next year. And, uh, you know, we're looking at maybe supplies being a little tighter down the road, obviously, because of the drought conditions and cattle moving and and just feed costs, things of that nature. So any more expanded capacity, again, keeps me friendly, the longer term view in this market. You know, we'll see that those uh, those supplemental dollars don't come into place until next fiscal year. So that won't kick in until after the 1st of October. You know, so it's going to be one of those watch and see. And again, targeted more towards that specialty or that smaller processor. So it's not going to have that huge of an impact, but maybe just help support those uh, other industries that are trying to compete against the big boys when it comes to, you know, securing supplies and being more efficient overall. Uh, have we been continuing to move both pork and beef? Uh, in terms of the demand side of the equation, things have still been very, very good. I mean, obviously the hog market's had a heck of a tumble off its highs, but we did see a big jump in the retail mar- or export market here last week. Uh, China was kind of on the sidelines for a few weeks, and they came back in as we continue to hear stories about African swine fever and issues uh, constantly going on over there. The lack of clarity of what's happening over there is what makes things kind of difficult. Cattle market, we just continue to grind basically sideways. Charts still look a little bit cautious in here. It just feels like the Packers, because of that limited capacity, are killing about 120,000 ahead a day. And we got a lot of cattle here in the front end. They just seem to be kind of spreading it out over time. And that's keeping the cash market quiet, which is uh, you know limiting any gains here in the futures market. Hmm. All right. Developing story there. Speaking of developing story, let's talk about the crop progress report. Uh, what jumped to the head of the line as far as conversation pieces for you yesterday? Well, first thing in the two major grains, corn and beans, obviously everybody was watching what was going to happen with the yield. I did not expect that cut uh, in any yield forecast this time frame, and that did come true. You know, so bean supplies are still going to stay extremely tight. Uh, so any, so we're back to the weather in that regard. That market might be you know a little bit undervalued here. Corn at 1.4 billion bushels of carryover is going to be is adequate or okay at this time frame, but can get tight real fast. So, so we'll have to watch what happens with the demand side of the equation and for both of those grains uh so spec prices are probably stay pretty choppy especially in corn and maybe even a little bit pressure given the seasonal time window here the biggest news though is probably in the wheat market obviously yesterday reflecting that spring wheat crop a major miss according to expectations sent that spring wheat crop prices right back to the contract highs yesterday We'll have to continue to see how that develops. Uh, but obviously, a lot of talk of abandonment up in that area. Again, just reflecting the weather concerns that we're seeing there. And uh, that spring wheat crop price can you know, lift this whole wheat market up. And that could be just the, you know, the rising tide that could lift all boats, especially with corn kind of being tied to it. We can't lose sight on those small grains, though. I mean, we talked before about how that uh, wheat that we're talking about would end up in some baked goods. And then oats, it doesn't get a lot of attention, but right now it should. Yeah, that was kind of a little side note. And again, like I said, not a heavily traded market, but it's still a market that's evolved in the food system. So we'll have to see what happens there. And yesterday, the USDA pegged the oat crop at 41.3 million bushels. And that is the lowest number since 1866 when they started keeping records. So uh, oat prices jumped heavily higher yesterday as well off those. Again, just reflecting a lack of acres because of competition from other grains. And then B, obviously the drought effects up in the 
northern plains and the Canadian prairies. And that's going to still be the lingering story all the way through. One other little side note, too. Watch canola. We don't trade it here in the United States. But that's a crop severely affected. That's But that's an edible oil. And we keep watching that soybean oil market heat up. And the canola prices continue to jump. In fact, they're up 20% here the last five days. I would imagine then we're going to start to see headlines from food companies trying to soften the blow of what could be coming to consumers. You know, that's still going to be an ongoing story. And, and, you know, that edible oil story has been going basically since the fall in terms of whether it's being used for biodiesel or just the competition globally for edible oils. And, and, you know, that's really been the strength of the soybean market has been that oil market. So that's going to be something we need to continue to watch. And, you know, again, that's going to be reflected as it does come down to the consumer over time and just elevated prices. I'm just fascinated by how all of this is You know, we thought the pandemic was really going to be upending the apple cart, and now we've got all this developing. Yeah, you know, there's still a lot of things that are a lot of working pieces out there. And obviously, we still are dealing with transportation issues and things of that nature that elevate the food costs. And, you know, that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. Just the cost of shipping these products, whether it's domestically or internationally, is still just going to be a wet blanket over top of everything when it comes to elevating prices overall. We haven't talked about Brazil or Argentina lately. A couple seconds to address that. Argentina is pretty much as expected. Decent crops down there. The biggest focus has been on the Brazilian corn, and that was some of the impact on the corn market yesterday. You know, they had the drought, and then they had to deal with a major freeze event, and we saw the USDA bring down that projected crop quite significantly tomorrow. Probably got a long way to go, according to what some of the private analysts are saying, but that was one of the things they bumped up exports next year because they don't think those Brazilian bushels are going to be there on the export market. Got to start thinking about that. I mean, we don't have our crop harvested yet, but we got to start looking ahead. John, how can they reach you and the rest of the staff at Total Farm Marketing? Sure, love to chat with them anytime. Give me a call, 800-334-9779, or shoot me an email at johnh at totalfarmmarketing.com. And don't forget about that website, totalfarmmarketing.com, for lots of great information. Any of your crew going to be up at Farm Technology Days next week? Not sure we're on the road so much this week. Maybe some of the sales staff will be there, but uh, most of the advisors are still working at home yet here and (laughs) obviously plenty busy this time frame. (laughs) All right. Good enough, my friend. We'll catch up with you next week. Always appreciate it, John. Sounds great. Have a good week. All right. John Heinberg joining us live this morning from, like you said, his home office by the West Bend area. He's part of the Total Farm Marketing crew. TotalFarmMarketing.com or again, that toll-free number 800-334-9779. Tomorrow we are going to focus in more on our crops. Speaking with Dr. Damon Smith, University Extension plant pathologist, if you haven't downloaded Sporecaster yet to your Android or iPhone, think about doing that before we chat with you tomorrow morning.